Greece. And you are listening to CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And who do we have in the studio today? Who are you? Hey, Nardwar. Hey, Nardwar. It's me, Roger. Roger? Allen. Roger Allen. Today, back on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And, Roger, what? did we just hear something that you inspired me to play something by pure joy yeah pure joy who later went on to be uh, members went on to be in flop props and shout out there to rusty from flop and from pure joy and also that was a live recording of pure joy pre-flop jester live at the vogue theater in seattle washington 1990 on the Snow Threes record label run by Kurt Block. Also, 
Safety released the Fastbacks with your favorite Duff on drums. And that was pure joy doing Jester Live at the Vogue. Hello, Rusty. And today we are going all into Seattle. Dumb, pretty much, aren't we, Roger? Yeah, we're playing grunge music. And Duff, Duff, he's famous for being in the farts, right? Exactly, as released by no three records, at least when he played drums for the Fastbacks. Now, how many times, Roger, have you <laughs> been on my show? Just for people out there that may not know. Yeah, it's it's. I I actually lost count, and I counted today. This is uh, well, I guess this this is the nineteenth time, really. Because well, maybe you've been and on a my half. show. 19 <laughs> times? No. One time I was on and we only I was only I only played a few records so I guess you could say 18 and a half. <laughs> You're, yeah. I thought it was like 9. No, it's it's seriously 18 and a half times, yeah. Wow, that is amazing. So welcome <laughs> back, Roger Allen, yeah. to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show. Uh, what episodes have you done before, just in case people are wondering? <laughs> like, you did a lot on skate rock. Like, yeah, skate yeah. rock was the foundation, yeah. right? We did, yeah, like, there, I think there was four skate rocks. There's been four Halloween episodes. There was a metal, Canadian metal, Canadian hip-hop, cassette-only uh, there was even a best of Roger Allen show, so uh, yeah, I, I think I can't. Oh, it's a best of show. Yeah, it was a best of me, yeah. And all the songs from the skate rock episodes you compiled into a list, right? That, like rap, mellow, rare, and not English as well. Yeah, that was a that was a detailed list. For sure. That was a lot of tunes you've covered in the skate rock one, two, three. Uh, what are we up to in the history of skate rock? Well, if, if there was to be another one, it would be five. We did the live. Uh, that was kind of a, a monumental thing. We did a live skate rock episode from a skate park here at UBC in Vancouver. I forgot that. Yeah, that at, was cool. At the a real from the UBC, which is coming up too, right? Yeah, that's uh, next in, week. In a couple weeks or next week. I believe it's next week. At the UBC Speak skate park but today not the history of grunge not the history of grunge but a lot of seattle grunge action well i did the history of grunge for citr and ubc uh that can be found if you were i guess if you were to google roger allen citr ubc centennial project i believe and i used the newly digitized uh, citr library to do a history of grunge and now here we are i've done all that research so we're just sort of uh, accenting that? That's why I did say grunge. Yes, people should check out, quote, a challenging historical documentary to mark the UBC centennial. Roger Allen presents grunge, and you have all sorts of interviews in that, but today we are doing all brand new, unplayed grunge, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah, for sure. Again, check that out, www.citr.ca, Roger Allen Grunge Documentary. So what are we going to begin with right now? We're going to begin this show with Seattle's, the well, I guess it would be Seattle's The Tupperwares. And they were from Seattle, indeed, and yes. they moved to, at that time, they actually featured, I think, believe it or not, they were, before the Tupperwares, they were also playing in Vancouver, Washington, actually, Vancouver, B.C., and they backed up Thor at the Commodore Ballroom oh, wow. with El Duce on drums, El Duce of the Mentors. 
El Duce. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. So he was in a very early version in of the Tupperwares in Seattle. And I think the Tupperwares also have connections to ministry as well. Oh, wow. So like ministry, the mentors, the screamers, and Thor all coming together today. And so we have the screamers with Vertigo. With Vertigo, yeah, the screamers with Vertigo. And on Roger Allen present at Roger Allen guest DJ? Sure. Guest <laughs> guest grungy DJ. Guest grungy DJ on CITR Nanardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show. 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 Show.
You're still listening to CITR Denardwar, the human serviette radio show with special crunchy DJ Roger Allen. And Roger, what did we just hear in that set? We just heard the Tupperwares, who in 1976 played at the Oddfellows Hall in Seattle's Capitol Hill area. And this show was considered the first DIY punk show in Seattle. Members of the Tupperwares later moved to L.A. and became the Screamers. And uh, despite Seattle being ahead of L.A. in the U.K., Seattle would have to wait about 15 more years before grunge made Seattle a known city for music. And you were saying also that Penelope was at the door, Penelope Houston, later of the Avengers? The Avengers. I read that at that show that she was uh, she was at the door collecting tickets. There, were a lot, there was a lot of people in Seattle that seemed to have moved to L.A. to become, I guess you could say, more popular. And thank you, Roger, for coming on my show 18.5 <laughs> times and for playing music for historical purposes. What else did we hear? Something for historical purposes. Some malfunction, right? It's been 18 times, but it's been over years. It hasn't been all in one year. So, you know, I've got, I do other things. I don't but just... thank you very much. <laughs> but you also play stuff for historical purposes, right? Well, yeah, we heard historical and hysterical. Yeah. Because you don't really like them. Well, I don't, you know, you know malfunction. Hey, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you can't, you can't, you know, you, you gotta be correct in what you play. And just because you don't necessarily like it, you can't forget it. And that was Malfunction with the song Mr. Liberty. And Malfunction formed with Andrew Wood and ex members of Green River, 10 Minute Warning, and Skinyard. And then years later, Andrew Wood was the singer for Mother Love Bone. Uh, Mother Love Bone and Malfunction seem to have a lot of uh, sort of glam rock references, both in the music and the way they dressed. Uh, both, um, you know, it's interesting because grunge is credited as killing glam rock, yet the members of these bands went on to be in all sorts of other influential bands. Uh, unfortunately, Andrew Woods died at a very young age, and uh, as a tribute, members of Soundgarden and former members of Mother Love Bone went on to create Temple of the Dog, and they recorded a few songs in remembrance to uh, Andrew. And then those same members that were in Mother Love Bone, Temple of the Dog, they later went on to join um, Eddie Vedder to create Pearl Jam. So these few people in these bands like created all these other bands. 
Uh, do you have anything you want to say on that? Well, I was going to say <laughs> we have Vancouver's contribution, Slow, who did play in Seattle a couple of times. Yeah. Next. Well, yeah, after that we heard Slow um, with uh, I Broke the Circle, Vancouver's original grunge band, and Ham of Slow joked with me about how his mother actually created the grunge look as she dressed him and some other members of the band maybe as well when they were kids. Uh, as she only shopped at Army and Navy here in Vancouver, and they, along with DOA, brought the lumberjack look down to Seattle's sort of quasi-glam scene. Because as I said, yeah, the, the members of like Malfunction, Mother Lovebone, they really did dress in sort of a glam rock fashion. Ex-members of Slow later went on to form Copyright, whose uh, record was actually released the same day as Nirvana's Nevermind. And uh, if you want to know more about that, there's a book entitled Have Not Been the Same, which details everything about it. And you saw Slow open for the Cramps, right? I saw Slow right here at UBC open for the Cramps. And the woman, which I did not know in the Slow song, was from Sudden Impact, the band from yeah. Vancouver. Yeah, the, there's, a, there's a woman, and she has a few lines in that song. And she's, yeah, her name was Tammy. Maybe it still is. <laughs> and she was in a band called Sudden Impact. And she is the woman that we hear on the phone call that I uh, heard many times when I played that 7-inch. And we should give a little shout-out as well to Nick Gazin. Nick Gazin, <laughs> right? Because he listened to early episodes of you coming on my show, right? I think he's probably, because we mention him every show, he's probably <laughs> listened to every show for sure, yeah. So shout-out to Nick Gazin. And I must say that... In regards to this poster you've handed me, I had a choice to go to my first punk gig. I had the industrial night, the punk night, or the arty night. And I choose chose, night. and I chose the industrial night. Friday, July 5th, 1985, Skinny Puppy, I Brain Eater, and the Sex Pigs. And you were saying this was part of the Independent Music Festival and that particular photo or picture that you had given me was actually designed by Reed Fleming, probably because he wasn't happy with the poster that was for SNFU, No Means No, etc. there, right? Yeah, that, that's a bit of a mystery, that, that Reed Fleming poster. I've never seen it before, but it was given to me on the Vancouver Punk and Hardcore Facebook site. The other poster that you're looking at there that has sudden impact is one of the bands I have seen before, and I know you said you've had it. But yeah, this Reed Fleming one, I don't know if he drew it himself or not. And that was for the punk night. But I chose the industrial night. And you have chosen CITR to listen to. And Roger, grungy Roger, doing some grungy tunes. What do we have coming up right now, Roger? Okay, the next song is, uh, I don't know, were they named after the pop? Green River. From Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, which Slow did their last show with. They opened for Slow at the Town Pump in probably um, just like September, October 1986. So here we go with Green River on the Nardwar the Human Serviette radio show with guest DJ Cricket Walker.
CITR is proud to present Hole coming to the Town Pump August 28th with special guests. Show starts early at 8.30. Hole will be on at 9.45. Tickets love at all usual outlets through Ticketmaster. And remember, Courtney Love just ain't no Mrs. Is Kurt Cobain. Holy crow. <laughs> Why do you girls call yourselves whole, eh? Hello, everybody. It's us. Uh...
you are still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show with special guest DJ. Nardwar, it's great to see you back and your broken heart is mended and you're happy and healthy. I am back with the help of Roger Allen. Crooked Walker. Crooked Walker. And you may recognize the name Roger Allen <laughs> from the CITR documentary series on grunge, which you can access. But today we are not playing the same stuff, the same stuff, but we are playing excerpts of stuff that could have been. And in fact, we did hear. Well, what did we just hear right there? This is the Criterion version of the CITR documentary, this is all the extras. So. This is all the extras. And in case people are wondering, because there was a gentleman that wondered about the sound quality, we are playing a lot of this from cassette, aren't we, Roger? Reel-to-reel, cassettes, maxi-singles, cassette singles. Everything. It's all mixed <laughs> up. So the sound quality is all over the place. But from the top, what did we hear there? A bit of Green River. Yeah, from the top we heard Green River, the band that basically created the grunge sound. Mark Arm of Mudhoney, he played in Green River. And I tried to interview or at least talk to Mudhoney, but uh, apparently they're in Europe. So I wasn't able to do that. Then we heard Yumin, who continued the Northwest dirty garage rock sound that the Sonics, the Whalers, the Ventures uh, pioneered and the grunge bands expanded on. And, uh, and yeah. And then we heard the Stiff Woodies. Members included Chris Novoselic, Kurt Cobain, and Buzz Osborne of the Melvins on vocals. And I'd never heard that before. The that, Stiff Woodies. Yeah, the Stiff Woodies. I think perhaps, you know, maybe their music was unearthed within the last uh, year or so. Uh, you know, one of those things where it was thought of that nothing existed because I had never heard of them a few years earlier either or had heard of them in any sort of documentaries. But if you search them out now, there's... There's quite a few uh, websites, et cetera, that will give you information on them. And after that, we heard Seven Year, Bit, Seven Year Bitch. And uh, Grunge had many notable uh, female contributors. There was Babes in Toyland, Seven Year Bitch, L7, Veruca Salt, Hole, Jawbox. And, of course, the flip side to heavy grunge was Vancouver's Happy Cub, who opened for Courtney Love's Hole right here in Vancouver. Did I just say Courtney Love's Hole? Yes, you did. And there is a whole seven inch. And that was a cart from CITR from August of 1993, which could have been included on your documentary on grunge, but wasn't in included. No. So that was an outtake from the CITR archives, which are online, right? Yeah, every th yeah, it is pretty amazing. Like all the, or a lot of the interviews and announcements for bands and that kind of thing, not just music, all sorts of, uh, you know, news is on the uh, CITR library um, and it's all online and you have access to it. If you just search out band names or particular stories, et cetera, you'll, you'll be able to find it. And you just handed me here a tad 12 inch on Glitter House Records from Europe, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, Tad, we're going to play Tad in a, in a little bit. That that record, that Tad record isn't doesn't really sound like the other Tad records. That one's much. That one's actually a little like human. It's got a real pounding, plodding sound to it. it actually, says sub pop there though. But it does have on the back cover a Peter Bag illo illustration, which yeah. shows sub pop all the way. And actually, Glitter House was also home to the Miracle Workers from. 
Portland, who Courtney Love saw in a very infantile version of The Miracle Workers. And you also had to be a whole seven inch on Sympathy for the Record Industry. And that is one of the very first. Actually, this they toured on the seven. Yeah, that's the first and that one. was the first time that I interviewed Courtney Love was over the telephone, promoting this release, and then she played that night at the Cruel Elephant with Cub. Actually, she played at the Cruel Elephant with Face Puller. Ah. Um, interestingly <laughs> enough, Face Puller got the gig because I think Face Puller from the North Shore knew. The nanny that looked after Kurt and Courtney's baby, I think, or somehow Kelly, I think was the name, or later became the nanny, or maybe it was Rhodey at the time. But whatever it was, there was some connection between Face Puller and Hole. And then Courtney Love's famous band Hole returned to Vancouver in August of 93, and we heard the promo and played with Hole at the Town Pump. Yes. And that was a little promo for that there. Right. Uh, it has been written that grunge killed metal, but in the early 90s, between 90 and 95, Alice in Chains, Cannibal Corpse, Carcass, Death, Deicide, Dream Theater, Entombed, Megadeth, Metallica, Morbid Angel, Napalm Death, Pantera, Rage Against the Machine, Sepultura, Slayer, and many more records were released, all under the metal umbrella. That is amazing, because like... I guess I wasn't allowed to interview. I remember I wasn't allowed to interview Best Kissers on the World because BMG was mad that I had been kicked out of the Def Leppard gig. And I was like <laughs> so upset. Like I was kicked out of a Def Leppard gig. And I think that was a gig that they played three continents in one day. Oh, I've heard of that, yeah. But as a result, I started interviewing metal bands. So it is true, you know, Nirvana killed off Warrant, it's killed like, off Cin Cinderella, killed off Enough's Enough, killed off Danger Danger. And that's why I turned to those bands. But the true metal, the true metal yeah. lived on. But yes, the cheese metal was pushed to CMC, the rest home of rock and roll. So you went from these huge sellers to like these bottom. What about Slick Toxic? Did they keep going? I interviewed Slick Toxic as well, <laughs> and they apparently got wasted the night they won a Juno Award oh, right. when they piled into their limousine. And we had a special episode of Discorder magazine called Disc Edge. It was all about Disc Edge. It was a play on words for Metal Edge, Disc Edge. Oh, edge yeah. So a lot of the metal bands were definitely driven underground, but it is interesting to note, and thank you, Roger, for telling me that the true metal became more popular than ever, right? Well, and there's that, but there's also uh, that same era, NoFX, Green Day, The Offspring, Rancid, Bad Religion, Pennywise, Big Drill Car, Sam I Am. There was Jungle, Techno, House, uh, Scarface, Compton's Most Wanted, KRS-One, Black Moon, Pete Rock and Seal Smoon, Smooth, Master Ace, Digital Underground, Notorious B.I.G., Raekwon, Wu-Tang, Tribe Called Quest, Dr. Dre, Nas, and many more all were released throughout that same time period. And speaking of metal, we have some metal coming up right now. Metal Church. Some metal church on CITR with special guest DJ, the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show, with special guest <laughs> DJ, Roger Allen.
fill the shopping cart. Hang around.
And you are still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show with special guest DJ. Roger Allen. Crooked Walker. And we actually had a little tweet, a question for you. And it is from John. And he asks you, Roger, did Roger play the best Seattle band ever, The Accused? I've also been watching the NHL draft. <laughs> what? Uh, the accused aren't really a grunge band, but I. But oddly enough, the band we just played, Tad, ex-members of Scratch Acid and the Accused, played in Tad, and so, I saw the Accused in Surrey, BC. Which I think there was a riot at the gig, wasn't there? Or there was. They never really played. I saw them in a car outside of the show. So they never played. <laughs> they never played. No. But you did go to the game. I was there and I saw them. So there we have a tweet question at Nardwar, N-A-R-D-W-U-A-R, at, and that is from John. Thank you, John. So we just heard the... Tad. Uh, the Tad. <laughs> the Tad. The Tad, yeah. From the top, we heard Metal Church, who like, Nirvana, who, like Nirvana, were from Aberdeen, Washington. And if you look at the Nirvana record Bleach, Kurt Cobain spells his name like Kurt, K-U-R-D, DT from Metal Church as a bit of a joke as apparently the grunge bands didn't like Metal Church as they were rock stars in their opinion. But somebody has to lead the way and maybe it was Metal Church that showed the Melvins that maybe they could do it too. And interestingly enough, I have found out that Chris Freeman from Pansy Division, Queer Core Rockers, is from Aberdeen as well. And the Ramones, on their famous tour, where they played Vancouver and everybody formed a band, played Aberdeen as well. Aberdeen, Washington. The Ramones played Aberdeen. Wow, I didn't know that. After that, we heard the Melvins, who, first show, was opening up for Metal Church. So maybe Metal Church weren't so bad. I talked to Connolly and Corey of Vancouver's Sludge, and uh, who remember taking the Melvins to Did's Pizza before opening for them at the Cruel Elephant. And the Melvins, when they played in Vancouver, actually played two consecutive nights at two different bars as the next night they played with Poison Idea at the Town Pump. They also were Jello's backup band, the Jelvins. Oh, the Jelvins, yeah, and you talked to them, I remember that. But shout out to Sludge as well. Thank you for contacting Sludge. Sludge and Drone who I'd ha I didn't contact, but they did play at that same gig. I think Drone are from Victoria, I think. Maybe they're not, um, but they did play The Cruel Elephant, and you have the poster right here. There's the poster. It was given to me by uh, former members of Sludge, or maybe Sludge are still around. I'm not sure. Uh, then we heard Mudhoney, and speaking of Mudhoney, we have a Mudhoney giveaway, and here's an old Mudhoney 7-inch. That is You Make Me Die Now with Billy Childish. Billy Childish, yes. Which is really cool that they recorded a Billy Childish tune in 1989. And we have a Mudhoney 12-inch to give away to a lucky listener, 604-822-2487. That is 604-822-CITR. If you want to win the brand new, well, from 2003, Mudhoney Vinyl with... I like it small on board. Yes. Uh, is there a question or is that you just phone in? Uh, just phone in? Just phone in. Okay. And uh, 
If you listen to the doc I made using CITR's newly digitized library, which we've mentioned earlier, you can hear Nardwar tell the tale of bringing Led Zeppelin, I mean Mudhoney, to UBC. After that, we heard Tad, a very heavy band. A documentary about Tad was released a few years ago called Busted Circus and Ringing Ears. Tad were in the grunge-inspired film Singles, which was also filmed in Seattle. And as I said earlier, ex-members of Scratch Acid and other members of Scratch Acid, I think, went on to be in Jesus Lizard, uh, and The Accused played in Tad. And we do have a caller right now. Hello, caller. Are you there? I am here. Uh, would you like to win? I would love to win. Okay, we will hold you on the line for a couple seconds, but did you make it to any grunge gigs at all? Absolutely. I saw Nirvana with... Um Butthole Surfers, the last show they played in Vancouver. That was fun. Where was that? Oh, was was that at the PE Forum? It was at the Forum, and uh, I remember I remember watching the show and seeing Kurt wasn't really animated at all at that point. He was kind of just there, and he said some things like, uh, "Hey, Vancouver, you know what? Do you want to rock and roll or something?" And everybody exploded. And I remember being like, oh, I love this guy so much. I can't, I can't, I, go, I felt like I got what he was giving out. You know what I mean? And then he said, oh, here's a song from one of our albums that none of you guys would know. And, uh, and that, that got a big cheer. It was a fun show. I, I like the Butthole Surfers, too. They, they had a really weird visual thing going on in behind with, on a big screen. What do you like remember surgery. about the buttholes at the forum? At the forum. Uh, when they were backing up Nirvana. Well, you know, they they played two shows in the show before somebody hit the singer in the head with a shoe. And so he walked off. So they they ended up walking off the show before our so I I think people were on better behavior the second the second day. It was quite early in the nineties, I think, early nineties or 94 so we were just young kids and we wanted to go and make noise and have fun and what better show to go see than that i remember recognizing pat schmear from the germs and being really excited that he was playing with Nirvana. and bob cat goldthwait was the mc we didn't make it in time for that i don't think we made it in time for that no he wasn't the old mc at that one i think i would have remembered that Maybe not. <laughs> We're smoking a lot of grass. Just hold on, caller, and we will get your contact info. Roger is about to play some Love Battery. Do you remember them at all, caller? Love Battery. Love Battery? No, I can't say that I do. And Roger, some Love Battery, right? Well, Love Battery played to zero people in Vancouver, so that's not a surprise. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. So here we go with Love Battery with special guest DJ. Love Battery. Roger Walker. Hang on, caller. Right. Crooked Walker. <laughs>
she loves another boy. I'm Howie Mandel, and I really like the music at Christmas time.
well, probably not exactly like that. That's probably a lot better than what's actually going to sound like. What you get is Young Youth, featuring at least 10 people on stage at the Cruel Elephant, April 26th, as part of the Discorder 100th Issue Extravaganza with the Evaporators, Octotractor, and from San Francisco, the Muffs, plus the Sunman, free t-shirts, and other gimmicks. That's April 26th at the Cruel Elephant, Young Youth. Ladies and gentlemen, the replacement. still listening to CITR Radio, the Nardwar the Human Serviette radio show with special grungy DJ. 
Roger Allen. Roger Allen. And we skipped right there Nirvana. some Nirvana. What did we skip out? Them at the Commodore Ballroom? Yeah, live at the Commodore Ballroom in Vancouver. We're, we're running out of time, so we got to skip some stuff. But probably doing a song that you could probably easily access on the internet. And actually, speaking of the internet, we got a, another return email at Nardwar and at Crooked Walker from John. And John says, hey, Roger, who in the accused was also in TAD? Yeah, I, I don't remember his name offhand, but I'll get back to you. Ba boom. And before that, well, actually, from the top, what did we have? From the top, we heard Love Battery, who was one of the sort of uh, lesser-known grungy bands of Seattle who actually played in Vancouver to nobody, as told to me by Grant Lawrence. And you had a little baboom there to the caller who called in earlier, who won the Mud Honey record. That's why he never heard. He never heard, heard of them, yeah. yeah. And then after that, we heard Calvin Johnson singing in Beat Happening, who apparently Henry Rollins took issue to with a show in Olympia when Beat Happening opened up for Black Flag. And I saw Beat Happening get booed right here in UBC, too. So, I don't know, ongoing thing with them. Then there was Young Youth in a Tank Hog intro, as found during my search through the CITR library. And Ham, of both bands, told me about Stabimus Maximus, an expanded offshoot of the Vancouver band Stabum in the Abdomen. I can't say that word. And then Stabimus opened for Soundgarden when DOA bailed on a Graceland show here in Vancouver in 1988. And I found in the book Everybody Loves Our Town, Aaron, the former senior VP at A&R, A&M, and Virgin, said he and Brian flew up to see Soundgarden. There was a show in Vancouver at a club called Graceland. The show was like this weird acid trip. The club was dark, there was a lot of smoke, and Chris was undressing on stage. The girls were lapping it up. Maybe why DOA bailed on the show. Then we heard The Replacements, who were a big influence on Nirvana. Kurt Cobain really liked the fall-apart-at-any-moment sound of early Replacement song. Paul Westenberg was included on the single soundtrack, where he sang a song called World Class Fad that many have speculated is about Cobain, as Paul Westenberg really wasn't a fan of uh, Kurt Cobain's success, as I guess Paul Westenberg thought he was the original bad boy. Also, the replacements have a song entitled Nevermind, and the actual song we played was from their infamous SNL show where Paul swore on live TV, and Bob Stinston, really the sound of the replacements, was still in the band. And you were saying that Kurt met Paul in an elevator, Paul from the replacements? I read, I mean, I wasn't there, but I read that the two of them shared an elevator and neither of them spoke. They rode in silence and then they both actually got off on the same floor. And you love the replacements. G.E. Smith got the replacements yeah. on Saturday Night Live, right? Yeah, I, I saw that as well. Yeah, he recounts uh, their, their hard to find uh, episode where uh, they appeared on the show and uh, they didn't the band members didn't realize that you actually were supposed to bring a change of clothing for the second song so they just swapped clothing so Paul Westerberg wore Tommy Stinston's clothes and yeah it was it's hard to find that actual episode I don't know if it's ever been repeated because he swears live on uh, the mic and uh, I forget his name the guy who runs SNL was furious and he, he swore Michaels that, Lauren Michaels. Lauren Michaels, yeah, he swore that they would never be on again. Although Paul Westenberg did appear again on SNL 
and he played a replacement songs without any of the other members of the band. And at the end of the show, when it came time, you know, to sign off, uh, Charlton Heston was the guest uh, guest star, and he looked right into Paul Westenberg's eyes to say thank you, and he forgot Paul's name, thus sort of repeating the uh, Westerberg curse. And we heard some live replacements, right? That was live. That was on SNL, yeah. That particular record, though, wasn't a record that you got off eBay, right? No. <laughs> the one here I have is uh, it's a 12-inch 33 single that's double-sided with the same song that was sent out to radio stations that actually has reviews on the cover of other radio stations as to what they were saying about the song to promote the single. So, yeah, weird. And you're reading the book, too, on the replacements. Read the book. You've read the book. You love The Replacements. I'm a really big fan, yeah. And you are Roger Allen, and winding up, what else did we play in that set? Did, is that everything? That was it. We, we skipped the uh, Nirvana, but I was going to say that's kind of controversial. Is Ian MacKay said in the Salad Days documentary that this summer, when the DC bands took a break and formed different groups and sang about how they felt, felt about thus creating emotional hardcore, that was the uh, spark that created uh, grunge. But many would disagree. In his opinion. In his opinion, yeah. And I have actually a gift for you, Roger, <laughs> wow. right here. If you could open it up right there, what do we have oh for God. Roger right there? We have the keys to a, a new car. Oh, no, the Salad Days and the Damn documentaries. Wow, these are awesome. Thank you. Salad Days all about? The DC hardcore scene. From 1980, I'm no, um, sorry, 1980, actually, till 1990. 1990, yeah. And then a documentary all about the damned who heavily influenced the movie and the movement of the DC hardcore scene. In fact, Saladay's the documentary, Scott, hello, Scott, it, actually his company, or at least it is New Rose Presents, named after a da damned song. So they love the damned in DC. Yeah, and I love uh, the void and faith. So I, this is awesome. Thanks a lot. And what did you think about Saladay's the documentary? Because you saw it, right? I've seen it. A f I've seen it a few times. I thought it was. I thought it was great. I thought that uh, it's. Uh, it's a great. It's. It, it's interesting when any city has a, a scene that's so specific to that city, very much like Seattle and grunge. It's. It's not too much different than the DC scene. With all the bands that came out of it, Minor Threat, uh, for uh, Void Faith, uh, Henry Rollins, Ian Mackay, all the all the people that were involved with it. Actually, uh, didn't Dagnesney just release a new record? They're still going. They're still going, yeah. And you, Roger, thank you for doing all this research and contacting all these people. In fact, the last time you were on, Blowfly was on too. Remember, we interrupted yeah. this program with Blowfly. And rest in peace, yeah. Blowfly. Yeah, <laughs> was that his last interview? I hope not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ba-boom. And also, shout out again to Nick Gazin, if you made it this far, and Adad as well, because we both know Adad, right? Adad, yeah. Adad, he was on the cover of the Georgia Strait recently. Uh, really? Yeah, he was. Adad was on the cover of the Georgia Strait, yeah. And Adad went to clown school with Trey Cool. Of Green Day. Of Green Day. So there is a Vancouver Green Day connection, just as there is a Nirvana and Face Puller, Vancouver and Seattle connection. And Face Puller opened up for whole, who, you know, were actually, how many of Nirvana's songs 
were integrated into Hole because I remember Hole performing Penny Royalty. And I had that up on the internet for a little while and people were freaked out that they were doing Penny Royalty before it had been actually released. Well, what, wouldn't there be a Smuggler's uh, Nirvana connection too? Didn't they sleep on the floor of Grant Lawrence's parents' house? Uh, they did indeed. And years later, Heather, Grant's sister, said, have you heard of this band Nirvana? Vanna and Grant was like they stayed at her house two years ago. <laughs> bah, boom. And winding up here, what do we have to end the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show with? I want to say hi to my family, and we are ending the show with Skinyard, and then an intro from Bomb Shelter videos for Soundgarden, and then probably Soundgarden, and then a whole bunch of stuff if we have time. What would you like to say about the stuff that we are going to play? Skinyard, for instance, shout out to Jack because I think Jack and Dino was in that band and I actually interviewed them when they came out to CITR Radio years ago and Bomb Shelter Videos was one of the few places that was... Were they actually going during this era? Bomb Shelter... Bomb, yeah, Bomb Shelter Videos... Oh, when did it end? Bomb Shelter Videos? Yeah. That was on... I used to remember... I remember used, I used to stay up. It was probably on, I think, 89 to 91 and... Oh, what was his name? Bill Board, I think, was the guy who was on the show. And the people that created Bomb Shelter Videos created all sorts of things. I think they're the ones that opened uh, Fallout Records and Skateboards. And they really promoted the Seattle scene. And, uh, yeah, so Skinyard actually were the band that Nirvana opened up for at their very first gig. And we also have... With Roger, Roger not only brings in the tunes, you also bring in the artifacts. Just quickly here, what do you have printed out there? This is a, this is a, a, a along with a digital radio um, catalog from CITR. They they also have all their old uh, Discorder uh, zines, I guess it would be described magazine. as magazine online as well. And this is a page out of uh, an issue from I think it's ninety one, and just. In one week, there's uh, one episode, one one night. There's uh, Friday, March eighth, Screaming Trees, Nirvana, Doughboys, and the Wongs. The next night, Jellyfish with the Odds. The next night, uh, Soul Survivors. The night after that, Guar. The night after that, Red Cross. The night after that, The Happy Mondays. The night after that, Creator and Morgoth. So yeah, music was seemed to be much more. In, all those bands are notable, you know what I mean? Like, so music was important. People can check out your documentary on grunge at CITR.ca, and that is not what we play today, right? No, that's, that's much, it's, it's more interviews with people that were actually involved in the scene. Is there anything else you want to mention quickly to the people out there at all, Roger, aside from shout outs to your family as well? Uh, no, I think that's. So right now, we are having a bit of Skinyard. We're going to play Skinyard and... Uh, then some Bomb Shelter uh, videos, and then we'll see what happens. What is that strange wild as well? So strange... strange we may not get to that, yeah, but just in case. Strange Wild are a Seattle band who um, are continuing on the uh, sort of grunge sound. They're from Seattle. They're a new band, and they're on Sub Hop Records. Well, thank you very much. Why should people care about Roger Allen? <laughs> Why should people care? They should care because I've given so much. How much? So one and a half times 18. What is that? 
times the documentary. Times that. That's like 80 hours of information that you can just get for free. Well, thank you very much, Roger. And do 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 do. Stay tuned for more bomb shelter videos after these messages. Soundgarden. You've heard of him, you've seen him. Now you can own a little piece of him. 
Soundgarden's debut vinyl release is now available and ready to be spun on your turntable. Soundgarden's streaming live EP on the Sub Pop label, available at most record stores and through these distributors.